0: listening to this new episode of The Struggling Christian. It's titled, Old Habits Equal New Problems. In this episode, we're going to be looking at some psychology definitions, and we're going to be looking at the psychological perspective behind Habits and habitual thinking, and we're going to also involve some Bible scriptures. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Have a blessed day. Hello, 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 and welcome to a new episode of The Struggling Christian. I am so excited. I am your host, Darius. Pastor Darius, and today we're going to be talking about a very special subject. In today's episode, we're going to be talking. Today's episode is titled Old Habits Equal New Problems. Now, (laughs) you know, for a lot of people, right, habits are how they live their life. You know, I've personally, we all have habits, some good, some bad, you know, and To be honest, this this specific episode is about the bad habits. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Habit is defined as a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. Now, I know that applies to all of us because, you know, as I said, all of us have good and bad habits. Now, let's look at the psychology definition of habit. An automatic reaction to a specific situation. Wow, very interesting, right? So um, I was reading a book. Uh, I've been actually been reading this book for about the last, I don't know, maybe three, four weeks or so. Um, you know, I like to read many books at one time. So yeah, this book is called Mental Health Crusaders. From um, let's do, Cri- Mental Health Crusader, Storm Your Mind and Take Back Your Mental Health, right? Found on Amazon Kindle, and it's written by Nick Salupo. That's the name. His name is Nick Salupo. So um, what I want to read is I want to read a chapter from his book, um, Specific, the specific chapter that I'm looking at. Is um is it's it's called thinking pattern, self berating from uh, from part four, know thyself. Um, so let's go ahead and get right into that. Um, so the, the the author wrote, stupid, stupid. I used to play in an indoor soccer league, and that's one of the players on. Oh, that's what one of the players on the other, on, on an opposing team would loudly say to himself. However, it doesn't need to be said out loud. Self berating most often takes place strictly in your mind. Do you find that you automatically say harsh things to yourself? You would never say to someone else. Yet you speak to yourself in these ways on a regular ongoing basis if you were shamed as a child especially for your feelings it can it can then be easy as an adult to to think something is wrong with you feelings feelings are so natural such a normal part of human DNA that that to that to shame a person for their feelings is the same is is to shame them for being human I understand You may not have been directly shamed for being human, but if you were shamed for your feelings, the underlying message is loud and clear. Your humanness isn't okay. From here, the self-berating thinking pattern naturally takes off on the crusade to take back your mental health. This pattern can stop you in your tracks just as you are making some headway. When self-berating arises, you must see it for what it is. A short-lived burst having no re-reinforcements. If the if the initial burst takes you out, di- divisiveness has divisiveness has successfully used it, used it against you. However, if the initial burst is blocked with your shield of self-unity you'll move forward unaffected self-berating holds you back because it triggers shame once shame is triggered you'll be down for the count at least that's the plan divisiveness has in divisiveness has in mind the key is to be aware of what you're saying to yourself and question its truth for example you might say, I'm worthless and unlovable, or I'm weak, I'm a weak loser idiot. From here, notice, normally you roll with it, assuming these statements to be true. After you, after you notice, notice more deeply, that is, don't get caught up in the thought, become aware of the bodily sensation associated with self-berating will be an underlying feeling such as anger, frustration, or even sadness. Once you notice the underlying feeling, feel it. Let it move through you. Imagine it expressing itself out of you. A client once said, Now, when I'm feeling something throughout the day, I don't fight it. I just let myself feel it and then move on. It's much easier than trying to hold it down all day long. Let's review the steps. Notice the self-berating thinking pattern. Notice more deeply what feeling is beneath the pattern. Allow the feeling to run through your body. Consider the underlying feeling to be the first. Now, consider the underlying feeling to be that perpetrates the self-berating thoughts. If the fuel source is removed, you deflate the thinking pattern. This is why cognitive behavioral therapy often doesn't work because people are trying to change their thoughts without addressing the feelings responsible for driving those thoughts. Wow, incredible, right? wow, I, that was a mouthful right there. (laughs) This, I I mean, um, to be honest, there's really one portion that I really liked and that was the part where, um, where, where, um, Nick, uh, Nick was saying, um, Nick, uh, Nick was saying that self-berating holds you back because it triggers shame. Once shame is triggered, you'll, That's the plan divisiveness has in mind. The key is to be aware of what you're saying to yourself and question its truth. See, that's I I really want to focus on that part. We need to be aware of the thing in through our through our actions. You know, thoughts, thoughts are in your head. They start in your head but the more consistently, right? Everything is about patterns. That's what I, that's when, when I'm talking about a habit, right? If you consistently, you develop, doing something consistent, consistently is developing a pattern for, for whatever that is, whether it be a actual action or whether it be, you know, something that is just a continual thought that you continuously think brain and you allow it to manifest into reality into your reality i've noticed that there are a lot of people who uh, specifically um you know i want to talk about individuals who are allowing their thoughts to become their reality Stop yourself and say is this for the betterment of me as a whole right we need, to, we need to really ask ourselves that. A lot of the time, we need to ask ourselves that. Is this things that are passing thoughts? Something that may be here right now, but in a week or two weeks from now, that same thought may not be there anymore, right? We need to control those thoughts. We can't allow those thoughts to control us, right? So let's go ahead and move a little bit forward, right? Um, what I want to do is I want to um, jump into... Uh, I want to jump into... verse, right? This is Wisdom of Solomon, and this is chapter 2 in the Wisdom in Solomon. This is in the Apocrypha, right? This is, uh, you know, the, um, yeah, I I don't know, for those who haven't heard of the Apocrypha, the Apocrypha is in the Catholic Bible. So let's go forth and, you know, just go ahead on into it, right? Um, So I'm going to start at the beginning, right? It says, uh, wicked people are wrong. When they say to themselves, our life is short and full of sorrow. And when it ends, comes there come, when it when its end comes, there is no escape. No one has ever known to come back from the world of the dead. We were born by chance. And after life, and and after life is over, we will be as if we had never been born. Breath is no more than a puff of smoke. Our mind is nothing more than a spark thrown off by the beating of our heart. Oh, interesting. When that spark dies, our body will crumble into ash, and our breath will become part of of the empty remember anything we ever did and even our names will be forgotten our lives will pass away like the traces of clouds and vanish like fog in the heat of the sun our time on earth is like a passing shadow there is no escape from the day of our death it is fixed and no one can postpone it. The wicked say, come on, then let's enjoy the good things of life and live in the world the way we did when we were young and free of care. Let's drink the most expensive wines and use the finest perfumes. Let's not miss a single flower in the springtime. Before the roses wither, let's pick them and wear them in signs everywhere of our carefree revelry life owes us that life owes us that much we'll oppress the poor even if they are righteous we'll show no respect for widows or old people we'll call ourselves right if we are strong enough to get what we want no one ever got anywhere by being that is that is crazy right there. <laughs> That's like a really crazy way to think. You know? Um I really want to look at, you know, I want to go back to the portion where uh they were talking about, hmm, where was it? Uh when they were talking about enjoying lives, you know, I noticed that, see, there are a lot of people who are using this logic in their daily reality. Right. They're saying that they've said to themselves that, you know what? Life is short. Right. You know, we're only here for a a short period of time. When we die, you know, nobody may not even realize that we lived. Right. And they're like, you know what? Let's just live for the day. Right. YOLO. You only live once. Right. And the bad part about this way of thinking is sometimes people find themselves doing things that with, with short term, they make, they make short term decisions that have long term, pretty much they have, long, there, there is a long, they're going to have to suffer a long term for the short term s- s- decision that they made, right? They made a su- decision within, well, you know, within a snap of a finger and it has long term implications. So, I, I mean, a prime example of this would be like a person who chooses, you know, when, when a lot of people, when they're young, is when habits begin, you know, a lot of people are introduced into their bad habits at a very young age, when they're 13, 14, or 15 years old, and, you know, it sometimes it comes from people who they think care about them, they, they make friends, and their friends get into something, so they get in a, into it too, so, you know, and honestly, like a prime example, I'm just going to go with cigarettes, right, a lot of people, they make the decision to smoke the cigarette, right, and the first time they smoke it, they're like, oh my gosh, this tastes nasty, this is terrible, right, oh man, oh, this is horrible, like, you know, why would anybody do this, right, but if you keep hanging around the same people, right, over time, as you hang around, you smoke another cigarette, and then after a while, right, you find yourself like, oh man, I don't want to be without a cigarette, and you know, personally, I remember I started smoking cigarettes, I tried smoking cigarettes when I was young, I was like, oh this is terrible, and then, but I kept smoking cigarettes, and then it got to the point where it became a habit, you know, like I just didn't feel right without smoking cigarettes, to be honest, like I just really didn't feel right without it. You know, like it, whenever I was stressed out or when I was going through something, right, you know, I, I would go to class, get out of class, smoke a cigarette, and then I would feel better. You know, <laughs> that's literally how it went for me. Like, you know, I would go through something stressful and then, you know, I would go smoke a cigarette and then, boom, you know, or like it, I would inst- instant de-stress, you know, and it, it got to the point where I was hanging around people and we were smoking packs of cigarettes a day. I mean, like straight up just running through packs of cigarettes a day, you know. And it was one of the hardest things to get out of to stop smoking cigarettes. It was really hard, you know. But, you know, God is great, <laughs> you know. So I'm very blessed that I was able to get out of that. And I haven't smoked in, I don't even know, five, six years. It's been some time. I have, you know, and I understand that type of struggle. So with that, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back. And here. This is the second portion of the podcast. Um, so pretty much we looked at, we read through, um, you know, uh, and we talked to, we, right now we're in the wisdom of Solomon chapter two, right? So let's go ahead and pick up where we left off. We're on, we're on verse 12 and it says, righteous people are nothing but a nuisance. So let's look for chances to get rid of them they are against what we do they accuse us of breaking the law of moses and violating the tradition the traditions of our ancestors they claim to know they claim to know god and they call themselves the lord's children the, the lord's children we can't stand the sight of people like that what they are contra- what they are contradicts our whole way of thinking they are not like other people they have strange ways. Ooh, interesting. They think that our moral standards are so corrupt that everything we do should be avoided. They boast of having God for their father and believe that when all is said and done, only the righteous will be happy. But we'll see if that's true. Let's see what will happen when it's time for them to die. If... If the righteous really are God's children, God will save them from their enemies. So let's put them to the test. We'll be cruel to them and torment them. Then we'll find out how calm and reasonable they are. We'll find out just how much they can stand. We'll condemn them to a shameful death. After all, they say that God will protect them. That is how evil people think. But they are known God's secrets, never hoped for the rewards of a holy and blameless life. When God created us, he did not intend for us to die. He made us like himself. It was the devil's jealousy that brought death into the world, and those who belong to the devil are the ones who will die. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you know a lot of people have that type of crazy mindset man you know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh interesting thinkers out there right people who think they have figured out how life works they think that you know they're 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 uh um, they think that their their way of thinking right having like a liberal Right. Anything goes. Anything is good. Right. And, you know, this is an attack on anybody. I'm not attacking anybody who is liberal or anything like that. I'm saying like uh, pretty much I'm saying that having a free mind. Right. Having a, a mind that is like, you know, saying that there we don't need any laws. We don't need any rules. We don't need any structures. Right. We'll just live a crazy life. Right. And we'll live in anarchy every single day, right? And that's the way to that's the way to live, right? And the fact is, right, societies would crumble without laws and structure, right? Because the fact is, what's to stop the person living next door from coming into your house, right, and raping your wife, you know, or doing something crazy with your children, right? If there is no law and structure, and in a lot of parts of the world, that's really how it is right here in the United States, a lot of people talk this liberal talk. And, you know, as far as like, you know, uh, I'm not, again, I'm not attacking anybody, <laughs> right. You, you, we gotta, we gotta be, uh, I'm not attacking any uh, group of people in any way, shape or form, but I'm saying, uh, in the United States, we have an imperial mentality is what I mean to say, you know, I'm going to take that whole word liberal out of this, right. We have an imperial way of thinking. And we think that because, you know, um, have, we have money we have riches we have wealth right we can just live how you know and we have like security here because we have structure we have police we have military right and you know people think that we can just you know live however we want to live right and you know like we can think crazy ways right but pe- what people don't realize is that there aren't places in the world where the where, where when you call the police nobody comes. You know, like, I mean, really nobody, there is no reason to even call the police because it's a good possible because the police are crooked. You know, they, they only answer to money, you know, and if you don't have money, the police aren't going to come and help you. Right. So your next door neighbor can come over and do some terrible things and nothing will happen. There will be no repercussions. I was actually watching a video today and, you know, in the vi- the vi- in the video I was watching, it was, there was young people who. Are living. It, it was in, um, oh man. I think it was in. It, it was uh, not Sudan. Um, it, it was a. All right. So in one of the countries in Africa, they're. Um, you know they're. At a young age, a lot of young men are giving guns. You know, and they're. They're taught that this is the way to. The only way that they're going to be able to protect themselves, protect their families, is by having weapons. You know, um, and so people are dying. You know, they're just killing, people are just killing each other because the government doesn't care, right? There's no structure inside of the society. The only thing to stop the next door neighbor from coming in is, is you, you know? And so literally, it's just chaos, it, like full on chaos, right? Like, so honestly, it, it is good to have structure, right? Of course, you know, we don't want so much structure that there's no freedom, right? We <laughs> People don't have freedom to speak out or say anything like that, right? No, that's not what I'm saying you know, but pretty much, let me just go ahead, get back to the get back to the focus of what I'm, uh, of this whole thing. Right. Um, you know, too many people live with the same attitude, right. From like, you know, when you look at the verses six through nine, right. Which is where it was talking about people, um, in the wisdom, right. Wisdom and wisdom of Solomon, uh, chapter two, right. And verses six through nine, they were talking about living like, you know, just like, you know, uh, uh enjoyous life pretty much just enjoying the life that we have right just live every day for enjoyment right and the problem with that issue the, the issue with that is that you build once you build a lifestyle around that right like you're not accomplishing anything right you're not uh you're you're pretty much you've created a habit of only all right the only time I'm just gonna live for this this purpose so you know, I remember when I grew up in the Bay Area, and in the Bay Area, there's a lot of homeless people. And the thing is, is that a lot of the people in the Bay Area, it's not even that... It, honestly, the people don't want to work. They don't. Like, a lot of the people in the Bay Area, the only reason why they're there is because they're drug addicts. All they want to do is smoke, drink, and just relax all day. They are lonely. Want to enjoy life every single day. And the fact is that when they die... A lot of the times, right, like people pass away and, you know, like when people get sick and stuff like that, you know, there's no help. There's no help for those people, you know, and it's, it's, it's a miserable way to live to be because really you're enslaved to whatever your drug is. The only reason why you're living is for that drug. If your drug is alcohol, then you're only living to drink alcohol, you know, and when you're not drinking, you're miserable. You know, and that's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem when something has you like that. You know, I went through that, right? Before I was going out drinking and smoking, partying every week, right? Then, you know, I like a, a lot of people do that. They party all and then, you know, at the end of the day, wonder why they don't have any money. You know, like what happened to all my money? You know how people are upset. A lot of people they make very bad decisions and they build very bad habits, right? And the issue is that the habits that you gain in your youth, right, a lot of the time when you get older, it is very difficult, almost impossible to get away from those habits. So people who start drinking when they're 15, 16, 17 years old, right, now they're 50 years old and, you know, they're alcoholics, you know, people who started smoking cigarettes, they started as a kid smoking maybe one cigarette, two cigarettes a day, and now they're smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, and in California, it's like $14 a pack, right, $13 a pack, I don't even know how much it is, you know, but you do that twice a day, if it was 14 that's $28, almost 30, let's go ahead and round it up to $30, right, 30 times, there's 30, average is about 30 days a month, that's $900 a month, right, you average that out 12 times um, that's about, uh, pff, almost 10 grand, bro. You're spending like almost $10,000 a year. That's, that's literal 10. What could you do with an extra $10,000? Now let's look at alcohol, right? Let's say you're, you, you drink on a regular basis. You just love drinking, right? Dude, alcohol is, can get expensive. You know, they got, bottles out there like i've heard of louis like louis the 13th or something like that right i think it's like 300 a shot right <laughs> like alcohol is expensive dude like straight up man like you start off i mean i don't even know if you're drinking three times a week man people are wasting thousands of dollars drinking alcohol you know and the problem is that when you get addicted to that lifestyle right you've built a habit Habit can become, like, some people lose everything behind it. It's just like people who do gambling. They start off, they start off as just something fun, but later on, right, after you build this habit of doing something, right, this, the casinos, they're getting rich, and the people who go to the casinos, a lot of the people, people are losing their houses, I mean, I have a buddy, he went to the casino, he lost $13,000 in a matter of eight hours, right, I know someone else who went to the casino and they lost 10 grand in a weekend, you know, like three days. They're only there for three days. 10 grand lost. Like, dude, that is, <laughs> man, I, I, I pff, woo, 10 grand in three days, man. 10 grand. <laughs> That's crazy living right there is what that is. You know, even if you are rich and you make two, $300,000 a year, right? consistently, if you go through the year doing that, I mean, that's foolishness, you know, it's foolishness, right, so pretty much what I'm saying, right, is, you know, don't, a lot of people are complaining about living in terrible situations, right, but the fact is that we have to learn to control the way that we think, right, we have to develop good habits, we have to practice good habits, right, and you have to take, the best thing is to take notice, notice, just like what Nick was saying, right, um, you know, we were reading about Nick, and Nick was saying that, uh, in his book, right, the Nick, uh, Nick Salupo, he said that the bad habits that we have, right, like, he was saying that, uh, like, people think a certain way, and that certain, we have to learn to, control that the thoughts that we have you know like literally we have to learn to control the thoughts that we have we can't just allow the thoughts to just run our lives right we get into these bad thinking habits and then we make bad decisions based off of bad thinking habits and then initially our bad decisions become habitual as well right break the cycle break the cycle right And I'll tell you right now, that was my life. Before, I, I, I always was smoking and drinking and never had any money. I remember I worked in the nightclub industry. I had no money, went to parties every weekend, but I had nothing in my bank account. I mean, I was smoking weed and cigarettes and drinking, so I felt good. And I never thought to change anything because I was basing everything off of the way that I felt right? And we have to challenge our feelings. We have to, that's why they say mind over matter, right? The, mat, the whole concept of mind over matter is that we have to learn to train our mind to control our body. That's why I go to the gym and that's why I consistently, I work out every single day. I walk at between three to five miles every single day. Why? Because life is about consistency right? I eat healthy food every single day. No cake, no candy. I eat vegetables and fruits and I cook at home, right? I, I, I practice building this lifestyle. Why? Because our habits become our reality, right? Our habits become our reality. I stopped, when I stopped drinking and smoking, and now I spend about six months of the year traveling internationally, I always have thousands of dollars in my bank account, right? I buy a new car every year, and I live my life serving God. My life is completely different. I'm just so grateful that, you know, I remember, too, like when I was at the end of my drinking and smoking life, I said, I prayed to God. I say, God, I don't want to live this way anymore. Please take this desire away from me to do drink, and to have sex with random people. You know, I was struggling with that, too had a lot of problems, right, and I, what I had to do is I had to get away from my old friends, I had to, sometimes you gotta be alone, sometimes you have to be alone, and what it is, is that, that alone time will give you, that's an opportunity for you to grow and heal, you know, so with that, I want to say thanks for listening to to the Struggling Christian Podcast please like and subscribe for weekly podcasts also follow us on instagram at gorilla nature inc that's g-o-r-i-l-l-a-n-a-t-u-r-e-i-n-c and also follow us at jesus life church international and uh, that's also on instagram and check out our website at www.gorillanatureinc.com Dot .com that's g o r i l l a n a t u r e i n c.com have a blessed week and god bless you see you guys in the next episode